The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the Good power. evening, everybody, and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Mac 19, and joining us this evening for this podcast is Portia. Hello, Mecca. How are you today? Wonderful. And yourself? Uh, I'm a bit harried, but uh, I'm here, so we're good. That's the way. That's a, that's a good way to be, I reckon. Mm. Um, right, let's talk about the news from last Friday, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, look, the good thing is the uh, 12,000 Trengove uh, badges that we've got can probably be reused, which is great. We've... Uh, We've recruited Jack Trengo from Melbourne um, as a delisted free agent. Yeah. Did have. you see that coming at all? Um, no, only because I just, I think for the others, there's potential upside, but I just don't see Trengo being anything other than a, a, a SNFL player. So um, it's an interesting one. I didn't see this coming at all. Not not uh, not Jack Trengo. Uh-huh. Um, oh, so is, this isn't the one you were talking about last week that's going to make people talk about it? This was not the one. No, no. That's uh, someone completely different. And uh, I guess it'll be interesting to see if we go down that path still or not. Um, but yeah, this was uh, a bit of a surprise. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really want to give him a chance because I reckon he's a great, great lad. Um, he's chock full of potential. But the likelihood of him ever becoming an AFL player again... It's got to be pretty slim. Yeah, um, it does. It really does. Like, Mackenzie, okay, yeah, that's good. He's got recent form. But, like, Jack Trengo, you know, he got two years and two games in three years or something like that. Almost, you know, not much anyway. Mm. Um, yeah, if, I don't know. I, I know he did well in the VFL for Casey, but, gee, oh, I don't know. I, I just can't see it. I don't know. I don't know where the upside is. I just, I don't know where the upside is. I don't know where him filling a need in our side does, is. So this for me, like this literally is a magpie's pick. Uh, and I'm, that's not great, but, you know, DFA. Um, Look, he'll, um, he'll add to midfield depth. I think he'll add a little bit to forward depth as well. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting one. I, I feel sorry for him because of his foot. And I think it's pretty clear that uh, it's, it's obviously ruined his career. Um, yeah. Will he ever get back anywhere near his best? It's, it's got to be doubtful. I guess, look, we have we were able to do it with Poldek, who had the same injury, and he's just come off his best season of AFL football. Um, maybe we can do the same again with, uh, with Trengove, you never know. I think it's probably a risk worth taking, just because the choices between either him or pick 86 in the draft, and I think I'd probably prefer to give Jack Trengove a one-year deal to see what happens, as opposed to picking up someone with pick 86 in this year's draft. No, I kind of feel like Trengove, like you say, it's not much risk, but it's also not much potential reward either, I don't think. Like, I just don't think there's any realistic chance that he'll play AFL. Um, I, I feel like... I reckon like the other one. I, I, no. Look, I, feel I reckon like, he'll, um, I, whether this is enough... Or not, but I think he'll play more than five games next year. I don't think he'll play a single one. Okay. Um, and like you compare it again to McKenzie or even Lindsay Thomas, like these are guys with a you know bit of runs on the board uh, at AFL level, and you can see that yeah, okay, they could fill a role in the current Port Adelaide side, um, like with the current one, without necessarily having ten injuries. Whereas 
there's no way Trengove is going to get a look in unless there is 10 injuries, uh, pretty much. Like, that's that's the difference between them. I just He's just so far behind the other guys we've brought in. Um, it just feels like we, were, we are literally replacing like for like by cutting a guy like Palmer and bringing in Trengove. I'm not sure they're really like for like. Maybe, a well, little bit. Well, in, ter- in terms of AFL likelihood of playing, I think they are like for like. Yeah, maybe. But I think a player like Jack Trengove... I'm happy to take that risk, knowing that he's probably not going to play a lot of footy. I don't... Look, I I, I feel like it's completely out... I I feel like it's off theme with what we've been doing in the Mm. off-season. It's a character recruit, and it's not got AFL upside, in my view. Um, Negligible. I think the risk that he will do nothing is... Like, that's not even a thing. Like, he will do very little for us, I would say. Um, And the chance that he'll come in and, like, be not just there, but an important contributor at AFL level, I just don't see it at all. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's an interesting one. I, it's gonna, I'm going to be really interested to see how he develops next year. Um, and to say, look, I think he won the best and fairest for Casey this year, so obviously his form at state level is exceptional. Um, maybe that's what we've brought him for, just to add some depth, quality depth to help uh, guys like Atley and Drew develop a bit, whoever we pick up this year, take some pressure off them a little bit, um, add some good leadership and, and character around the club. Uh, maybe that's all we've done it for. Um, is that enough? Well, you see, that's the thing. Like Again, like this is another area where I don't like it because I don't like it for what it does for the Sanofil side because, you know, he's come in from uh, Best and Ferris at Casey and he's going to slot straight into that role that we actually want MP and Drew developing in, you know? Um, it just... Oh, Atley, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Atley, yeah, did it at Atley. Why did I say MP? Um, Atley and Drew are developing in. So I, I, I feel like that's not even direct competition. I think you'll just get that opportunity uh, unless there's something weird happening. Um, yeah. I'm okay with it. You're not. Yeah. Let's move on and talk All about... Right. Uh, yeah. This is right. um, this is Vic Country Crop. Uh, what are your Can thoughts as a whole? Can I cut in with a Rick diversion first of all? Just related yes. to last week. Or you want to talk about underpants or something? Or <laughs> no, no, I, was, I want to talk about last week's podcast where um, I, I sort of had to think about it, and we were talking about Andrew Brayshaw, <laughs> and yeah. I was you, I, I was really bullish on him, and then it, I feel like we're I'm a little bit thinking that we've done what we did to Atley last year with Andrew Brayshaw in that last year I think by the end of the draft previews we convinced ourselves that Atley was almost a first round pick. Um, I'm just wondering whether we might have accidentally hopped up uh, Brayshaw to the same extent just because we're both into him. <laughs> do you reckon Do you reckon we did that with I that? I thought we were pretty keen on Atley with our second lot of picks last year. Oh, we thought he might drop there, but we were both saying we, he really should be going earlier. He should be going earlier, yeah. you know. We, like, we both said, I reckon, certainly, I'm pretty certain you did, that he should be considered, you know, maybe at the late first round even, um, which, you know, he wasn't. So. Yeah. And it's just funny that feedback. I just was thinking about that feedback loop. No, that's that's, that's all I wanted to say. That is interesting. I do think Brayshaw will definitely go top 10, though. I think yeah, that is well, I, a, I, I as think much a lock as you're going to get, I reckon. I think he should, but then I'd also say when Macker and Porsche are ground, someone like that, then maybe yeah, maybe they might drop a little bit lower. Mm. Who knows? Maybe. Mm. maybe. So what are your thoughts on this year's Vic Country crop? Because for the second year running, they were pretty dismal at the championships. Yeah, yeah, they were. Look, there's some really good players. There's some players that have got issues. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think it's pretty good. 
I think the midfielders are usually, uh, mostly okay. That's I think the main strength there. I think there's a bit of look. I don't. I, I want to talk about you because this is with you obviously for good reason. Um, that there's always. I want to know where they'll go. Like I want to know where Matthew Ling's going to go in the draft because I really rate him, but I don't know mm. um, where he will be rated by others. You know. Yeah. Um, Oscar Claverino, like he was a co-captain of Vic Country, I think, and I. Said pre-podcast, he reminds me of Troy Chaplin, and he, he does. Um, I, I, I don't know. Like The fact that Big Country got sort of smashed around at the championships, is that a talent issue or is it a team cohesion issue? Um, in terms of talent, I don't feel like it's a talent issue uh, because you look at them, they're probably going to have two of the top three picks in the draft, possibly yeah. another few in the first round as well. So I don't I feel I don't feel like it's a, a raw talent issue. I think their talent is is definitely good enough. I feel like it's more maybe coaching at that level or, or something like that. I, I just feel like maybe they've um maybe they uh I don't know, they, they just seem to play as a bunch of individuals as opposed to a team at that level. Yeah, look I mean I'd agree with that. Um and you can see that. But also like you know, watching the, the game against uh, WA again, um like WA sort of seemed to be playing the competition a bit more, um, you know, doing things like lots of handball, you know, league where, or in a, in a competition where you're not allowed to have a tagger, you know, like yeah. that's that that's kind of uh, and there's you know the density rule like that's kind of a game plan designed for the under eighteen level. Um, whereas Vic Country, I think they were actually trying to play like a regular football team for the most part. So yeah. maybe that might have been a bit of a factor, like WA taking it particularly seriously and SA always takes it seriously um, you know like SA wants to win every time because it's run by the SNFL and they want to win yeah. um, so, <laughs> uh, awesome. I, I don't know I, I feel like they probably played the system a bit less um, but the depth might be the issue there like yeah, they've got, they've got the superstar players but it's not like they've got them sort of spread nicely across the ground where it's a really good structure like they've got a, cut a, good, a couple of good mids um, yeah I don't know, they've got a few good flankers, got a couple of good forwards, but I don't know. Mm. No, that's fair. Right. And, Kat, yeah, and guys like Parrish, like Parrish, like he's not a finesse player. Warple's not really a finesse player, you know, um, in a league, again, where they're trying to be all about showing off, having backman show off how good they are intercept marking as well. Um, you know, I think that kind of contributes as well. Yeah. It's hard to say. Well, you mentioned James Warple. Let's um, let's talk about him now. He's a 185 centimetre, 84 kilo um, midfielder from Geelong Falcons. Um, he plays a bit like Nathan Jones for me. Um, he is uh, predominantly an inside midfielder. He really impressed last year at the Under 18 mm. Champs as a bottom major, averaged 15 touches a game. Um, and I think a lot of people thought there would be big things in store for James Warple this year. He'd be uh, a potential number one pick, but it hasn't really worked out that way. He did improve this year. He picked up uh, 20 touches and eight tackles a match. He won All-Australian selection as well. His uh, TAC Cup form was uh, was pretty consistent. Averaged 21 touches and seven tackles a game. Also uh, five inside 50s a game. And uh, he picks up almost 50% uh, of his touches in contested situations. So he certainly knows how to win the ball. Yeah. Um, Warfel for me is a really... He's a challenging one to assess because he gets a lot of the ball. He absolutely gets a lot of the ball, and he can hit targets. But it just feels it feels a little bit like um, Travis Boke, <laughs> uh, in that uh, he looks like he's trying to do more than he should with his kicks. Because I don't think he is relying on his teammates as much as he should. Yep, 
that's fair enough. I think uh, his kicking is certainly the main issue of his game. Mm. Um, it's certainly one that he's copped a lot of criticism for this year. Um, and it's not that he's a bad kick, it's just inconsistent kicking for me, um, which sort of lets him down. Uh, he misses targets that he really shouldn't, but then yeah. he'll, he'll do a couple of really great kicks um, and show that he can do that on a consistent basis. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a bit of a strange one um, with his kicking, but the rest of his game is, is pretty sound. I think he's great at the stoppages. Mm. He's, he's bloody hard. He's a footballer's footballer, really. Um, he's almost a hark back to sort of, you know, 20 years ago and that sort of uh, inside mid, um, like a Roger Jamesy sort of type. Um, you know, he's a hard tackler. He's, he gets a lot of first possession of the ball. Um, he's a really good handballer. Um, yeah, it's just his kicking and maybe his endurance that sort of lets him down a bit. Yeah, um, I, I think that his deficiencies, um, like it's not that he can't hit a target. It's just that he... I don't think the team's worked for him. I think that I think that what we're seeing is a good player playing in a team that isn't playing enough like a team to make him look good, and he's trying to do. I, I think he needs better direction from his coaching and what he needs in what he should be doing on on the ground. Yeah. Um, and he should he'll get that at an AFL club. Like they'll have a, a very defined role for him. You know, it's not like they'll have a, a a squad full of players that you know maybe okay or maybe okay in one position or another. Like they're all players that are trying to get into one position that they are trained for extensively. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll help him enormously. Um, in terms of the content of this draft year, he feels a bit like James Bartell. Um, and I don't mean in terms of how he plays, but in that because there was a lot of excitement about players going before him, people would be like, oh, yeah, James Bartell. Yeah, he's all right. He's pretty good. Mm. Um, and he came out and had a bloody good career. Um, yes, you know. no doubt. <laughs> and it feels like for me, like draft-wise, like he's not going to go in the top five. He might not go in the top ten. Um, I don't see him going much later than 15 I don't know. I, th- I think he's Awful. just got the... Yeah. Okay. Why? Oh, you're going to be later, have you? I think he's going to drop down past the second round. Really? Yeah. Why? Yeah. I think, well, that's the... That's not my feeling. That's the feeling of amateur draft watchers is that he's okay. going to drop on draft night. Um, he's not been rated as a first round talent all year pretty much um, huh. even even guys like um, Cal Toomey have said that he's probably going to go a bit later in the draft um, maybe oh. teams feel like he's reached his potential and that there's no growth left in his game um, and I think that's going to be the cause of him maybe going between sort of 30 and 60 and quite possibly wow. being a- available at our first pick oh gee I'd be oh I don't know like I'd be keen if we didn't already have Atley and Drew and... Um, um... If we didn't just pick up Rockliffe, I would be all <laughs> over that shit. Yeah. All over that shit, I would. But, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's... Now I'm just not too sure if um, oh. if he'd actually <laughs> ever get a game. Good on um, talent. Yeah, but look, if he falls to 46, he'd, for me, he'd be close to best available if he did. It's I've got him at 27 yeah. uh, in my rankings. I think... He deserves to go a lot higher than 46. I think he deserves to go in the top 30. But um, I feel like he's going to be uh, the sleeper of this year's draft in that he's going to drop and he's going to have a bloody good AFL career. And people are going to say, why did we miss this? Yeah, because, I mean, he's got a lot lot going for him. Um, Mm. Okay, that's interesting. 
I don't know. It feels like people are too harsh on him. I don't know if their expectations were too high. I'm, I'm not sure if, yeah, they thought he would be a potential number one pick. And because he hasn't sort of delivered on that promise, they're just sort of ranking him lower because of that. Um, but he, he hasn't really done too much wrong this year. He's had a very good year. That's interesting. All right. Well, this is going to be a fa- this is going to be fascinating. We watch on draft day and see where James Warple goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, and look, it could just be a misread from uh, from the big footy boys, um, and maybe he does go in the top thirty. But I've got a feeling that uh, I've got his draft ranges thirty to sixty. Uh, I would be very very surprised if he dropped anywhere near sixty. But it might be a Dylan Clark scenario from last oh, year, where gonna... everyone sort of thought yeah. he'd go first round or late first round, and he ended up dropping to. 50s, I think, to Essendon. Yeah, um, I was going to say our descent might just come down to Porsche likes inside ball winners. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that could be it too. That could be it too. Uh, right, next player is um, an interesting one, full of X Factor. He's uh, Hunter Clark, who's 186 oh. centimetres from Dandenong Stingrays. Plays uh, as a back flanker, can also play in the inside midfield, where he's done a, a great job this year at TAC Cup level. We averaged 27 touches and six tackles clearances and inside 50s a game this year at that level. So he was one of the top performers in the TAC Cup this year. Um, he played some championship footy last year as a bottom major, um, played a bit more this year for Vic Country as well, averaged 15 touches and four and a half tackles a game. Um, I think many were expecting more of a midfield role at this year's champs, but uh, he was pretty much stuck down back for the whole championships. And I thought his form at champ level was... Uh, not that great. Oh, I don't know. Mm. Well, look, I mean, I, I, I like him. Um, mm. I, I, I think I like him maybe... I like him better in traffic. I, I think that what his qualities are stand out more there. Um, as a defender, I think he's all right. Um, I, I, he's smart. He's got pretty quick disposal choice. Like, I don't think he telegraphs what he's trying to do. He's got a pretty good turn of speed. Um he just seems, and he's also he just seems to be present. He just seems to be around a lot. Um, yep. So I don't know what are the knocks on him because I haven't spotted them in my time watching him. So I think consistency okay. at uh, yeah. at the top level is something that has been a fair criticism of him. He sort of you know flitters in and out of games a fair bit. Um, he'll do one or two really good things and then just isn't seen for for a long time. I think that's an issue, especially when he plays down back. It sort of gives him the license to not do as much as what he probably could, I reckon. Um, I I reckon he looks a lot better in the midfield as a pure midfielder. And at that level, look, I've got him number seven in my rankings. I I love him. I reckon he could be, he could potentially be the best player from this draft. I had him very, very high last year. I thought he looked like a potential number one pick and look, he may still, might sneak up that high, um, depending on who wants to, uh, to take him that high, I guess. But look, the things I really like about him is that he's quick. Um, he's a very hard runner. He's very aggressive. He's got a big body. Um, he can play inside. He can play outside. Um, he's, he's got this insane running style where it looks like he takes about 25 metres per sort of step, <laughs> sort, of, <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. just sort of lopes like a cheater or something. It's, it's crazy. Um and he's got a massive kick. He's got a big leg on him as well. Uh, he's full of X Factor. He could be the best player in this draft, or he could be a complete factor. bust. Uh, who knows? 
Um, but I'm leaning more towards the positive than the negative with Hunter Clark. Yeah, like, well, like I said, I, I, I think we agree that you know midfield is where he should be. Just because I feel like it, that's where his brain is better. Like he he can see through people somehow. You know, yeah. he can see he's got great vision downfield. Um, and that X factor, like he's his. What, what what Warple does, for example, is he kicks it and you go, oh, yeah, that didn't quite come off. And then when Hunter Clark does it, he goes, oh, yeah, that actually kind of come off. Like, it wasn't necessarily pretty, but it actually did what it, exactly what it needed to do. Yeah. Um, and, like, that, that's a huge that's a huge difference maker for me in terms of, you know, contested ball winners. Like, having that ability to not just win the ball, but also, even if it looks ugly get it mm. to the right side of the four you're kicking to, for example, or, or know when to go sideways or um, know when to chip it off to the side um, when everyone's expecting to run straight ahead because it's a better option to go side, to sideways, you know? Um, yeah. That that game awareness, that game awareness, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on Clark. I, I'm, I'm going to watch more, but uh, yeah. I like I, I want to see more footage of him too. Look, I, yeah. I think he's a really long kick. I think he can be a great kick, but he can also be a sloppy kick on occasion. Um, I feel like he can miss some really simple targets, but he tends to nail the harder ones, sort of thing. The ones yeah. where you think, oh, why are you kicking it there? But it sort of comes off, mm. um, which is good. Uh, look, he's going to be a Mr. Fixit at AFL level, I reckon. He's going to be sort of like a Jared Brennan. Um, That's not good. <laughs> in terms of his role, he's going to. I reckon he'll start down back and then maybe move to the midfield. I reckon he could do a roll up forward as well. Um, he'll be the sort of player that can play sort of anywhere. I guess modern days, you're talking about someone like Elliot Yo from West Coast. I guess he's that kind of player. Um, I, I think there's big things in store for Hunter Clark. Um, I've got him going anywhere from sort of one to fifteen. I think um, I think a lot of clubs are going to be very very interested in him. I think Carlton will look at him. I think St Kilda at seven and eight will be a huge chance. Possibly Collingwood at six as well. And um, maybe even the Crows at 12 if he drops that far. Would you think it would be fair to say that Hunter Clark is the halfback midfielder that Port really want Hamish Hartlett to be? <laughs> uh, quite possibly, yeah. Yeah, I think that is a pretty fair call because uh, I would love it if, uh, if Hamish Hartlett uh, could yeah. do the things that uh, Hunter Clark could do, um, yeah. which might be sounding a bit stupid considering Hamish Hartlett has played 150 games of AFL footy in. <laughs> Hunter Clark's played zero, <laughs> and could that, still be a big bust. But yeah, um, they, but, I, I do really, really like that role, what I see though. with Hunter Clark. Yeah, well, that role. I meant more specifically, like having those attributes to be able to sort of see through traffic and weave through it, and still do something productive on the other uh, when you get the ball. So yeah, and I yeah. reckon he's going to be like whatever club he goes to, the fans are going to love him. Oh yeah, shit yeah. Yeah, they're going to absolutely love him. He's going to mm. be a cult hero. By April, <laughs> I reckon. Yeah, probably. Um, whoever picks him up. Uh, next player, Oscar Claverino, who's a 194 centimetre key defender from Dandenong Stingrays as well. Um, look, he was someone that I thought was really, really impressive last year at the Champs. He played the whole carnival at uh, centre half back as a bottom major and uh, and performed really, really well. Um, this year, he played a bit of a different role. He was co-captain for Vic Country, averaged 11 touches and six marks a game, and uh, also won All-Australian selection as well. But I reckon he performed a little bit better last year. Um, yeah. The things that I loved about his game last year was just how aggressive he was at centre-half back. Um, you know, he wasn't, af- wasn't afraid to get in his opponent's heads, uh, be really physical with them, and try and put them off their game. 
I felt You're like talking about Oscar Cleverino. <laughs> yeah, I felt that that really went away from his game this year completely. Hugely, absolutely. Um, yep. And he's turned into a player which sort of takes the easy option a bit too much. Yes, absolutely, completely agree with that assessment. There's look, some things he does are, are good. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like sometimes he just doesn't pay enough attention to pay enough respect to his opponent. Mm. Um, I think that he, the, I said pre podcast um, another one that he, I, I thought he was a little bit like in one respect with Kane Collins and that he calls for the ball when he's not in a good position and then when he gets picked out for it he often doesn't do anything good with it um, I'm not convinced he get, like he doesn't get far enough away to be a real option or on the right angle to be a real option or he runs past too fast for the handball to even possibly get to him by the time the guy knows it's coming um, I, I don't like that I don't like that like it's a vice that I'm sure someone will say oh Jasper Pittard used to get caught um, all the time, you know, earlier on. It's like, yeah, but Justin Pittard always got caught trying to do something, whereas you see Cleverino get caught doing nothing much at all mm. when he's under pressure, like not when he's taken a mark. When he's taken a mark, he's pretty solid. Uh, and when he's able to take on the, the, the contest on his own terms, he's, he's quite good. But when he's got pressure that he can't, you know, easily just chip sideways with a little bit of time on his hands, I, I just don't rate him at all. I don't like his decision-making. I don't like his hand-passing. Um I don't, I don't like him. I don't like him. There's, there's good aspects to his game, but the things that I don't like about him are things that if he played for Port Adelaide would just frustrate me most games, I reckon, if, unless he changed them. And there's, there's a lot of them to change now, in my view. So hmm, I don't like him, yeah, but that's, that's me. That's an interesting one. Mad Fan asked the question on um, on Big Footy whether he's heard him described as the next Jake Lever and the other he's been described as soft with overrated skills. Um, and what are our thoughts on that? Uh I don't think he's anything like Jake Lever. I think maybe bottom age Oscar Claverino was a bit like Jake Lever in his aggressiveness. Um, I guess if he's going to play AFL footy, he will play the Jake Lever role in that he is likely to be a third toll as opposed to a real sort of full back or a centre half back, in my opinion. Um, because I do think the, uh, that intercept marking part of his game is pretty decent. I think he's a good mark. Um, and look, he isn't. Look, he's got elite disposal efficiency. Uh, I think he was quite possibly the number one um, in the TAC Cup for disposal for kicking efficiency during the year. But that's because he takes no risks with his disposal at all. Mm, yeah. Um, he immediately looks sideways for the. He passes sort of, risks on to other people. Kick. Yeah. Um, and I think your comparison to Troy Chaplin, which you said at the start of the show, was was pretty apt in that regard because that's pretty much yeah. what he used to do as well. He'd take a good mark and then kick it sideways um, and, you know, and like 25 that, times a game. And that's a problem for a player, but more than that, it's a problem for a team. Like That's that's the sort of thing that if a player regular does stuff like that, that's when you get that sort of, well, I'll do my job um, mentality that was a real plague for us you know, during Chaplin's later years at Port Adelaide, that's for sure. Um, having all the having our defence that all sort of well, I'll watch my man, and that's the most important thing because I don't, I want to make sure I'm watching my man, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, he's a strange one. Look, if we could get 2016 Oscar Claverino, I would be very, very happy. Um, yeah. And mate, look, maybe he's just coasted this year a bit. Maybe he sort of knows he's probably going to get drafted and has coasted a little bit. And hasn't maybe done what he could have done. I feel like he's left a bit in reserve this year because uh, I don't believe that the Oscar Claverino that we've seen this year um, 
is the best that he's going to get. I think he's someone that can develop into a pretty long-term AFL player, so long as he nuts out some of his issues, takes more risk, is less timid. Um, but yeah, I, I think he needs a bit of development. And look, I mean, he spent a bit of time playing for his college, Halebury College, and I think they've got an absolutely loaded college team this year. Like they've got Davis Yaniaki and Andrew uh, Andrew Brayshaw and a few, few others as well. Yeah. Uh, and being a key backman in a high school league behind those guys, you know, that's maybe that's a bit coasty as well. You're not <laughs> going to do much. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, you yeah. wouldn't think so. Um, look, I, mean, I guess the other thing we could say is we could call it the Darcy Fogarty excuse as well, because I reckon last year a lot of people would have been getting inside Claverino's head and telling him he's going to be this and going to be that. And, you know, he's made captain this year. I think he was captain of his um, uh, Dandenong, I think, as well. I yeah, don't know. I think so. Yeah, yeah. captain of Dandenong. Um, and I think that might have gotten in his head a bit as well. Uh, and so maybe that affected a bit of what he sees, what he saw as his role on the side in 2017, um, yeah. as opposed to what he needed to be doing to show that he's going to be part of a unit at the top level um, that might not necessarily mean coming in as captain. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think if he's there at our set of picks, I think he'll come under consideration because I still feel that maybe we need another key defender just to put in the development basket. And I think with the likelihood that... um, Obviously, Norton's going to go. Taylor's likely going to be gone. Petty might be there, but most likely not. Uh, Claverino might be the next best option for a key defender. And with maybe our second or third pick, I would not be unhappy if we looked at him. Yeah, I no, I don't, I don't want him at port. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I just don't want him at port. I, I, I can see that he absolutely could get picked around that range, but I desperately hope it's by someone else. Okay, fair oh. enough. That's fair. That is your right. I'm going to disagree, but uh, that's fine. Next player is uh, Tom DeConning, who's a 200 okay. centimeter, 92 kilo uh, ruckle key forward, also from Dandenong Stingrays. Um, he's a bit like Joe Danaher, a bit like Callum Sinclair, I guess. He uh, he burst onto the scene last year as a bottom major, kicked nine goals for yeah. Dandenong in a TAC Cup match, which is uh, which is massive. And uh, he continued to develop a bit this year, averaged uh, 10 disposals, 13 hitouts, and kicked 17 goals in 10 matches. Um, he averaged uh, 10 touches, 15 hitouts, and kicked two goals in his four games at the Champs. Uh, what are your thoughts on Tom DeConning? Uh, look, I mean, that just in pure goals per game, like you'd want a bit more from a key forward usually. Um, you reckon? Uh, At that level? Oh, oh well, why not? Why, why wouldn't you? You know, he's playing, I don't know. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you expect that? Oh, 1.7 goals a game. It's probably... Less than that at chance okay. level. It's okay. It's absolutely, it's okay. Um, and at chance level, wasn't it like, didn't you say like two goals in four games or something just then? What was the start? Yeah, that was... Uh... I don't think he had a great championship. So it, it's it's okay at TSA level, and then it's a bad championship like that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I that think could be that, warning signs. Yeah, that's that's. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it, that, that that seems like warning signs to me. Um, he looks okay. Uh, he, he doesn't mind getting down and dirty. Like he's happy to go for a ground ball when he's playing, and he, he's quite a decent mark. But he just, I don't know. I, I just don't see him as a huge factor in games, for the most part. Yeah, there's. Look, I think his impact could be more. Um, I was a bit concerned by his championships. I, I had a big asterisk next to him in that he was one that I really wanted to see. And uh, I don't think he performed anywhere near what he could. Um, mm. I, I think the, the positives of his game is that I think he's very, very athletic. 
I think he's got really good pace for someone his size. I think he's really quick on the lead. Marks the ball out in front. I think that's great. I think he's got a really, really nice uh, kick for goal. He's got a really nice natural kicking action, which is good. Um, when in the ruck, I think he's got a nice leap. He's got good reach. Uh, can tap the ball effectively. Um, but yeah, I've, I think it's just his consistency needs a bit of work. Um, he's got a bit of the Kurt Tippett's about him in that he can look like an absolute superstar uh, for a half and then not do anything for two and a half weeks after that. Well, it might be a bit of the James Sellers too, really. Um, yeah, well, the, yeah, quite possibly as well. Yeah. He's, he's got all the attributes. Like, he's got all the attributes you want for a key forward at AFL level, like a junior key forward, most of them anyway. Yeah. Um, for a, sort of, a, I guess, a second tall that does a bit more leading up and a bit more maybe um, kicking to a guy further upfield. Um, so the fact that he has all these attributes and he's got like legitimate height and legitimate size for um, under 18s level, the fact that he has had just an okay impact, I don't know, like cause that advantage isn't going to really be there so much at the, at the next level up again. Yeah. Um, don't know. Don't know. It. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, where do you see him going on draft day? Shit, I don't know. Uh, it's going to come hugely down to... I don't know, because this is another guy that's going to come down hugely to interview, yeah? Like, if it, if the reason he's sort of inconsistent is that they've decided oh, it's a personality thing or it's a work... Or it's an uh, away from the the field work rate thing or something like that or he's got a weird conception of what he needs to do or blah, 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 then that, he'll drop and plummet enormously. Yeah. Um, if it turns out he's had other, another reason to have an issue this or have have issues this or not issues but just not be excellent this year uh you know coaching directives on where he should be on the ground and things like that then maybe i don't know second round yeah um, but I, I would reckon he'd probably be looking more you know late second anywhere in the third yeah i've got him down at that that range as well i've got sort of late second through to a late pick uh he may fall to the rookie draft if People that's consider that he's, yeah, that's probably going to be a personality thing uh, and a work rate thing. Um, yeah. I think Sydney at 33 will look at him. I think Collingwood at 38 will look at him, especially if they don't go with Brandon with their first pick. I think Brisbane at 40 might have a look at him as well. Frio at 42 might be interested. Again, if they choose to go two midfielders with their first couple of picks, I reckon um, he might be someone they might look at developing at 42. Look, if he falls to our first pick, I, I think he'll come under consideration there as well with 46. Yeah, he might. He absolutely might. Um, what role yeah. do, you, do you see him playing in the future at AFL level? Do you see him more as a ruckman or more of a forward? I see him as a forward, really. Mm. Um, I think that if Port drafted him, like he would be a Marshall backup, like at the in the Port side. Yep. I'm not convinced he'd be a Dixon backup. Um, oh, definitely not. No, he's... No. Um, look, I think he's someone that could... Coexist with a Dixon and a Marshall. Um, yeah. And look, I think uh, look, I like the fact that he can go into the ruck and do a decent job there as well. Yeah. And, and I think that might be something that gets him over the line at an AFL club um, because someone that can play adequately in two positions has proven to kick goals at a junior level and uh, can take a mark up forward um, is something that I think someone's definitely going to be interested in. I guess I'll put it this way, which is that I can see Port taking him. And it's just that if we get him, I don't think I'll be on the hype wagon. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's okay. There's, there's plenty of Port players that have been in that category before. Admittedly, yes. not a lot of them worked out, but there's been a few. <laughs> well, we're talking about pick 46. So whoever we pick, it's going to be someone with an asterisk next to their, 
name. Yeah, so someone with issues, no one's going to be the finished article at that point. So um, you just want to draft someone that you think might have something a bit different that could well may make it. And for me, I think Tom DeConning sort of fits in that mould. That is fair enough. Look, like we said, he's got all the assets and it's just a matter of if he can work out how to have more impact in games, then yeah, that's the sort of that's the sort of guy you pick in the third round and later, so sure. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about someone who's uh, pretty much the opposite of that, and that's uh, Paddy Dow, who's 184 oh. centimetres, 78 kilos, plays for the Bendigo Pioneers, is a uh, inside-outside midfielder, a lot like uh, Hugh McCluggage from last year. I think he moves yeah. a lot like him. Um, he was named All-Australian at this year's championships. He was very impressive. Averaged 19 touches, uh, 64% were contested. Uh, had five clearances a game, kicked three goals as well. Uh, only played the three times for Benigo this year. He averaged 26 disposals and six inside 50s a game. Um, look, he's been much talked about. He's going to go in the top three, I think it's pretty fair to say. Um, whereabouts in the top three would you have him? I haven't worked that out yet, but he's certainly <laughs> up there. Um, <laughs> I just love his ball sense, like his, his sense of where the ball is and where it's going and just how he gets into it. He's got a fantastic burst of speed, which is exactly what makes him the inside-outside player, you know. Yeah. The fact that he can be in the thick of it and then just emerge uh, is really important. Um, he doesn't ponder it. He doesn't think too much about his kicks, but he doesn't seem to need to. Um, he's just really quick, quick-brained, quick I guess. That's probably what I would say. Uh and he, he, it's surprising when you see like he's 184 centimeters because he doesn't look like a smallish midfielder. Like he looks like as big as anyone out there. Um, yeah. I don't know why, <laughs> but he does. He absolutely does. He's a tall uh, 184. It might be his haircut. I don't know, but um, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> look, I, I love the fact that he's. Um, I feel like he really craves the footy when it hits the deck. Yep. That's, yep. that's the one thing I absolutely love about him is that he just sees the ball and he wants to win it. He's a real competitor. Um, and I think that's going to be, you know, one of the main reasons why he's sort of in, in pick one contention. Uh, he certainly does the best work at stoppages. And as I said, he's a lot like McCluggage last year where he was a, a contested clearance winning beast as well. But he was so quick that he was just in a flash be on the outside. And you barely even notice that he's an inside player because it seems like mm. every time he gets the ball, he's on the outside, even though he did win it in a contest. Um, I think his, uh, his lateral movement is elite. Uh, it's very sort of Rob Harvey-esque, I reckon. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's able to find space before he disposes of the ball. Um, that burst speed that you mentioned is wonderful. Um, I think he needs to improve his kicking a little bit. I don't think he's a bad kick, but I think he's prone to the odd clanger here and there and can miss targets on the lead a little bit. Yeah. But overall, I think he's, um, he's as good a prospect as we're going to get in this year's draft. I think he's behind Cam Rayner for me. Yep. Um, but outside of that, I think he's pretty well up there. Look, I mean, we talked last week, I think, uh, about how important playmakers are to AFL clubs, and he's definitely one of them. Um, yeah, so absolutely. Th- that's absolutely why he's right up there. Um, maybe more of a playmaker even than McCluggage. Um, McCluggage, I think, is an important midfielder and a side, but in terms of devastating an opposition, I think that Dow is more likely to get to that level. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think um, I think that there's a lot of people sort of comparing him with Adam Chera, and I think mm-hmm. um, for me, Paddy Dow's the winner in that contest. I think he's more of a better sure quality. thing. I think he's got a bit better quality. I think he's more capable of playing elsewhere as well. Um, look, he's yeah. a, he's going to be a standout player. I think I think there's no doubt he's going to play a lot of AFL footy because uh, he just seems to be a real determined kid that um, 
that seems really desperate to make it as well, which is great. Totally agree. It's probably all we all we need to say there. <laughs> Considering <laughs> there's absolutely no chance of him falling within thirty picks of our first pick, yeah, that's all we've yeah. got to say. <laughs> Done. Uh, next one is uh, Angus Schumacher. Uh, not uh, Michael's brother, but uh, he's 190 centimetres, 76 kilo, plays for Bendigo Pioneers. Uh, he's a back flanker or a wingman. Uh, he reminds me a lot like Jasper Pittard in the way that he sort of takes the game on. Um, unlike Jasper, though, I think that uh, Angus has one of the most elite kicks in this draft. Um, I think he is a lovely left foot kick, and he's going to be a gun at AFL level, I reckon. Now this is a guy because I've had I've had time management issues this weekend and today, um, where I realised coming into this podcast that I had no notes on him whatsoever. So <laughs> there's, there's, there's a few players in that boat, but normally I find time to go back and deliberately dig out stuff where they've performed and then try and watch it. But uh, no, I've got no, no idea about him at all. Sorry, Macker, I can't comment. So keep talking. Fair enough. There is a uh, there is an AFL video released for him if you type in uh, AFL Angus. Schumacher, one of the draft prospect videos from the OFL website will come up. And you can see how okay. he plays. Uh, but look, he's a tall attacking flanker. Loves to take the game on. Loves to run with the ball. Uh, he spoils well. He, his follow-up work at ground level is really, really good. As I said, I think he's got one of the best kicks in this year's draft. He just knows how to hit targets. Uh, whether whether he's under pressure, whether his target's under pressure, he just seems to nail it more often than not. Um, I think... Uh, in that aspect, though, I think he can make decision-making errors uh, in terms of he can sometimes have the blinkers on and he's got an option in front of him where there might be an, a better option to the side a little bit and that might be something that he's got to work on. Uh, but look, I really, really like him. I think um, I'm not 100% sure where he fits in this year's draft just yet. Um, I've got him... I would love to pick him somewhere sort of early second round. I reckon that's where he fits. I think he might fall a little bit later than that. I think there's a fair chance he might fall to one of our picks. Um, but look, I think on draft night, someone like GWS or Carlton should be interested in him because I think they would he would definitely improve their side and he fills a bit of a hole in their side too. Fair enough. Like I said, I don't have anything. <laughs> fair enough. That's it. Uh, next player is uh, Jordan Butts. Uh, yeah, I like butts. I like big butts, and I can't, cannot lie. And he is big. He's 196 centimetres. He's a key defender. can also play as a key forward. Uh, he's from Murray Bush Rangers. He's, uh, I've got his comparison as Tom McDonald from Melbourne, who uh, oh, okay. you've probably seen a bit of. Yeah. Um, well, I thought he was a really strong performer for Vic Country at the Champs. He averaged uh, 12 touches a game, five marks a game. Uh, it was pretty decent for Murray as well. And uh, look, was able to sneak forward and kick eight goals in, in 14 matches. Uh, so he can play at both ends. Um, what are your thoughts on Big Butts? Look, uh, what I think about Big Butts is um, I think I like him uh, as a defender. I think he's he's got a, he's good at shepherding for his teammates. He's got good, mm-hmm. he's got good, good body play for a backman, like for an underage yep. backman. I think he's particularly good at that. Um, I think his frame is exactly the one you want for a, a, a player of his age because it's just going to bulk up perfectly so that he'll be exactly the AFL backman you would expect him to be. Yep. Um, he's a bit scrawny-ish now, but like I said, he's, he's going to build up from that. Um, and I think I like, I like his planning when he's got the ball. I like how he plans how the ball's going to go downfield. So uh, there's a lot to like about Butts. Butts are great. Butts are good. Um, Butts is good, I should say. Uh, look, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think he looks best down back. 
Um, I think he's got elite reading of the play. I think he knows when to zone off. He knows when to stay tight. Um, I think he's very strong in the air. I think he follows up his work at ground level really, really well. He looks deceptively quick. I think he's someone that's hard to get separation on if you're a forward. He just always seems to be right up your butt the whole time, pun intended. Um, as I said, up forward, I think he plays that sort of high half forward role pretty well. Um, so he, he could potentially play that role at uh, in the future. I think his skills are pretty good. Well, I think overall he's a above average player, and yeah. um, I think he should definitely get drafted. And uh, well, I think um, he might be someone that we're interested in. Look for me if if Butts and Claverina are available at our pick, we pick Butts. Sure. Yeah, I think I think he's probably got a bit more going for him than Claverino. Mm. Um, as I said, I'm, I am a fan of Clav, but uh, I reckon Butts has more AFL potential to reach a higher standard. Yep. Um, and I love the fact that he can play both ends. Look, if if he's there That's at 46 nice. or, or 49, um, um, I'm definitely keen to see him at Port Adelaide. I mean, unless Petty's around, but he won't be. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah. No. Um, so yeah, I feel like uh, if we're after a key defender, which we could well be, um, he's probably the best available on the depth chart at that stage. And, and I think he's got a good mix of uh, uh, attributes that would fit in well with our existing defenders as well. Like yeah. he could he could replace a Homs. He could maybe well, he's a bit short for that role, but he could certainly. Ninety six. He's pretty tall. No, I mean, I, like, think he can play. For, I mean, feeling for Howard though, like you, Howard, you, yeah, you still I, just you still just want that two meter guy that can take the resting ruckman, you know. But yeah. I, f- yeah. I feel like he could do a third tall, or I feel like he, he could play centre half back. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Probably not full back, yeah. but um, I think centre half back is probably more his go. Yeah, all good. We like butts. There we go. Get on it. Uh, figuratively. Uh, David Hanley is next, 181 centimetre uh, forward flanker or midfielder from Geelong Falcons. Um, he had a pretty solid champs. He averaged 13 touches and three tackles a game, kicked uh, three goals. Uh, but look, he he did his best work at TAC Cup level this year. He kicked 28 goals for the year. He kicked 28-28, so he needs to work on his goal kicking. Um, but look, he was a pretty consistent ball winner there. And uh, it's someone who's pretty busy around the, the flanks, around the packs. Uh, can run through the midfield as well. I agree. He's a, a good. He's going to be. A, I reckon he's going to an AFL player. Um, I don't get excited about him. I think he's an adequate mid half forward. His deficiencies, yeah, okay. It would be nice if he's a bit more accurate in front of goal. But um, yeah, and no, I think he's got enough going for him. Um, I don't know. I, I think that in an AFL side, he'd probably fit into that twelve to eighteen bracket. Twelve to twelve to eighteenth player. I, I, I don't see him becoming a the key midfielder, um, but certainly being part of a, a important side. Um, if he was available at one of our picks, which I think he might be, um, then I'd, I'd consider him. Yeah. yeah. I think... Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about him. I think I've got a few question marks on him. I, I really don't like his kicking skills. I think that's a big issue. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to be a bit more instinctive with the ball. I think he holds on to it for too long. I think that's an issue. Okay. Um, I don't think, well, I don't think he's overly quick, but he's he does read the play well, and it gives the appearance that he's quicker than he actually is. Right. Um, so it might be a bit of the Kane Mitchell scenario there. Um, look, I, I think there's something to work with. I think he's got improvement in him, um, 
but whether he can sort of nail those deficiencies and, and become a better player, I've got question marks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, there certainly are question marks there, and that's why the first thing I started talking about is that he was probably going to be rounded out pick. But um, I think there's enough. I, think, I like, you know, if we're comparing him to someone like a, a Zach Fisher prospect from uh, that went to Carlton last year reasonably late, then I think that he's sort of in that category of guys that, yeah, he could be a contributor to an AFL side. Yeah. Um, yeah, why not? I think he needs um, to get a bit more of the ball as well. Like he just needs to well, show that he can have some bigger games and get a you know sort of twenty five thirty touches, which he hasn't really done. Um, and look, that might be because of the role that he's played, and he has played a fair bit up forward. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've I've got him in that sort of forty to rookie range. Um, I think he's going to be okay. a late pick. I think he could potentially fall to the rookie draft, where he's sort of the perfect sort of pick at that stage where he's shown a bit of talent, he's shown he can kick goals, but hasn't put it all together just yet, but you kind of hope that he can. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, he doesn't... I, I know what you're saying, but, like, it's not... For me, it's not as though he has, like, even, you know, entertaining underdog qualities. He's just a player. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there are players that have underdog quality, like, oh, gee, I hope he makes it. But it's like, yeah, no, he's all right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next player is Ben Patton. Uh, who's 185 centimetres from Murray Bush Rangers. Um, he played this year as a small defender, played last year as an outside midfielder. Um, he's a top-age um, prospect, uh, mature-age prospect this year. Didn't get drafted last year in his top-age year for Murray. He was a midfielder then, averaged 18 touches a game. Uh, he came back this year as an overager. And uh, look, he was a star at the champs. He picked up 19 touches and four rebound 50s down back. Was named in the All-Australian side. And his form for Murray was uh, was excellent this year. He averaged uh, 24 touches and, and nearly five rebounds uh, a game, uh, also from the back line. So he's had a bit of a change of role this year, and it certainly worked for him. I kind of, look, I, I'm just going to start off by saying something. Uh, I feel like it's rough for an overager to get All-Australian. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like... <laughs> that's rough. I was very surprised that he got given All-Australian, to be honest, as well. I thought uh, yeah. Yeah. they're there because maybe they've had an injury or something like that. Um, and I never thought we'd see them get in the All-Australian side, but uh, but there we go. It just, yeah, it just seems a bit rough. Like, yeah, it just it just seems rough. Like, there's someone that's missed out on All-Australian claim uh, because they didn't have a second go. You know? But then he's in the competition... <laughs> He should be. I know, I know. But... Yeah, should be valid to uh, to win these. I know. Awards. I know. I just, I just not real keen on that, but that's okay. Mm. Um, look, I mean, I, I don't mind Patton. He's quite fast. He's got a good stand. He's uh, got a good leap. But um, he, he's all right. He's played with Todd Marshall. That's that's an upside, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't really notice him much when I when I saw him play. So uh, he's okay. He seemed okay. He seemed consistent. He seemed to be a regular producer. And I guess he'd expect that for an overage player in an under-18 comp- under competition. He should be doing that. Um, so I guess that means he's doing what he should be doing, which means he's probably draftable. Yeah. I think <laughs> he's definitely draftable. I really, really like him. I really, really like him. Okay. Um, if we didn't have a reasonably stacked small defensive group already, yeah. I would I would love to pick him. Um, but I just don't think... We really need him. I think Houston's sort of taken over his role. Even though they're kind of different players, I feel like Houston might be doing the sort of job that Patton would do 
but maybe okay. a little bit better. I think Patton's obviously quicker than Houston. He is really quick. He did a 2.95 20-meter sprint at the draft combine, which is elite. He, um, he had a huge vertical leap as well. Um, I, I like that he takes the game on. I, I love his foot skills. I think he's an excellent kick on both sides. Uh, he hits targets. Uh, defensively, he's very, very good as well. Um, so you can play him either pure defensively or you can play him as a creative option across half-back as well. Uh, I think that's where he sort of sits a little bit more at AFL level. I think he's going to be that creative option. Um, well, I thought it was a success story for the overage system in the TAC Cup. Um, yeah. You know, he did uh, you know a change, big change of role and um, I, I think he's definitely going to get drafted out of it, which is great for him. It's Ryan Burton beating uh, Sam Pell Pepper, theoretically. It didn't happen, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah, no, he's fine. Um, I agree that I don't think there's a, a role for him at Port, uh, particularly. Uh, he probably will get drafted. Um, he'll probably be quite good, but, yeah. Yeah. He, 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 I, I suppose for a late pick, he's about as much of a known quantity as you're likely to get. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think um, he sort of fits in that 25 to 50 bracket. I think someone might have a look at him sort of second round, early third round. Um, and yeah, I think he'll definitely find a home and um, and we'll turn him into a pretty neat AFL player. Okay, cool. Next player is Brent Daniels, who's a 171 centimetre um, uh, outside midfielder or small forward from Bendigo. I think he's a lot like Sammy Gray. Uh, he was pretty impressive at TAC Cup level this year. Averaged 20 touches and uh, and a couple of goals a game. Um, had a contested possession rate of almost 50%, so it shows his inside ability as well. He averaged uh, five clearances, three tackles a game. Kicked six goals in four games at the Champs. Averaged 13 touches, so uh, played mostly half forward. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, little Brent Daniels? The first thing I like is he's got those dancing feet. Like he, yeah. he's really good. He's he's got that that whole sort of change direction, stop start um, motion down that reminds you a lot of um, Stephen Milne, Really, um, yeah. he had that ability. Yeah. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, I think yeah. I think he's a, I think he is a small forward. Um, I, I think he you know okay he could be he could theoretically be a midfielder I guess. Um, but I just think his his attributes more point towards being an excellent small forward in time. Um, I don't mind him. I don't mind him. If he ended up at mm. Port, I'd be okay with that. Um, wow. Yeah, but... 171 centimetres. Crumbing forward. He's not that crumbing, but, you know, he's got, he's got enough... He's, he's, got, he's got enough that he can work in traffic, which is the important part. Like, if he can't... If he's not the guy that's going to have the, the sixth sense about when the ball's going to come to ground and then jump on it, like, he is certainly good enough at reacting when the ball is on the ground level and, and um, being part of something and making plays. Like, I think he sets up all right, too. So, um, yeah, I don't mind him at all. I would like him. So, Miss Porsche, no midgets at Port Adelaide, thanks, wants to draft uh, Brent Daniels and Mitch Crowden. Got to kick goals. Got to kick goals. Look, kick goals. <laughs> look I'm all for a... Uh, <laughs> Entire sub one eighty centimeter forward line, and uh, and see how we go. Let's bring it well, on. You see, this is the thing. Like I'm being mischaracterized here. But the reason I reason I bang on about key forwards for years and years and years is for years and years and years we didn't have them, and now that we have them, we need to accessorize them with smalls. That's that's entirely congruent, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm just teasing. I rate him well. I, I think he's uh, he's a decent little player. Um, look, he's super quick. Again, like Ben Patton, he did a 2.95 in the 20-meter sprint as well. 
Uh, mm. Finished third in the agility test. So as you said, he's got dancing feet. Uh, he knows how to move around. Uh, and look, the thing that I love about him is that he does win the hardball inside. Um, mm. I think if he was a bit taller, he'd certainly be able to play AFL midfield. I think at 171, you're pushing it. Um, I can't think of too many 171-centimetre midfielders at AFL level um, that have gone on to great careers. Um, but look, I think um, certainly up forward, I think in a forward pocket or a, or a high half forward sort of role where he can sort yeah. of move around a bit and have a bit of a run, he's he could certainly make it. Um, look, he's a goal kicker. He's slotted a bag of five and a bag of four um, in his first couple of TAC Cup games this year. I think he's a real confidence player. He loves to take that game on and, and it's really damaging with the ball as well. So, yeah, I'd love to see him get drafted and, um, yeah, I think he'll make a decent crack at it. Look, for me, I think the thing that would attract Port most to him is that um, if we don't change our game plan all that much, like, so, for example, we're still a team that seems to um, have to run the length of the field uh, to reset when we actually get a turnover... He is built for that because he's got that he's got that ability to run downfield. But then when he when it becomes more cramped, he does have that agility to sort of cope with it as well. Like he, for me, he's a he's the player he's a player type that Port Adelaide wants. And if he's a little bit taller, he'd be a lock for me. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I like him. I like him. I like him. In, I like him potentially in our forward line. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, as you said, I've, he he might make a really good forward pocket in the Stephen Mill sort of mould. Because he's, yeah. he's got the speed, he's got the agility, he can sort of turn on a dime. You, you can see him capable of, uh, yeah, sort of uh, outmaneuvering his opponent pretty easily and uh, and snapping goals um, pretty regularly at AFL level, I reckon. Um, yeah, I, I think... Look, there, there is a chance he might find his way down to the rookie draft. I'd probably draft him a bit higher than that, maybe in the third round. I reckon he sits... And yeah, look, yeah. maybe it, maybe with our picks... Look, if he falls for a rookie draft, I'd be well happy to pick him up because uh, I think he'd be the perfect sort of rookie pick. But um, yeah, I think he'll be gone long before then. Yeah, I mean, depending on how many picks we end up using, um, anything from our third and later, I would absolutely jump on him. Yep. Yep, that's fair. And last player we're going to talk about this evening is Aidan Domich, who's uh, mm. from the Rebels. Um, he's an outside mid or a wingman. Uh, I reckon he plays a lot like Nick Stevens um, when I've seen him play. And uh, look, he was one of the Rebels' best performers in the TAC Cup this year. He averaged over 20 touches and uh, four inside 50s a game, kicked 14 goals in 18 matches, uh, really improved as the season went on as well. Um, and Porsche, I don't think you've seen too much of him. No, no, I haven't. Um, or more to the point, I haven't made any notes, so no. Oh, fair enough. That's right. Look, he is uh, almost purely an outside midfielder. I think he's got great disposal. He's one of the best kicks in this draft. I think he's got great endurance as well. Uh, just loves to receive the ball on the outside and uh, and deliver that ball inside 50. Um, he's got the ability to run all day, which is great, um, especially as a good quality to have late in matches. I think um, he's certainly not quick. He uh, did a 3.1 in the 20-meter sprint at the combine, which is uh, which is pretty slow. <laughs> if you're outside. Yeah, pretty very slow if you're outside. Um, mm. But I think it uh, it's offset by just his ability to run and present himself time and time again. Um, as I said, he's a goal scorer. I like that about his game. Uh, I think he needs to learn to drop the eyes a bit um, and look for shorter options. Uh, I think he needs to improve his handball skills as well. 
and his inside work needs a lot of improvement. He is very, very much an outside player. Hmm. Okay. That combination of outside and not great pace is not really selling me, Maka. But yeah, look, I think that's look. He's got an elite kick. He's got elite endurance. He's a bloody hard worker. I think that might get him through with getting drafted somewhere, um, whether that's late or whether that's um, as a rookie pick. I think he will get a shot with the hope that he can sort of improve his pace a little bit under an AFL system. How's his impact on games? Like, is he taking the games by the scruff of the neck or is he just a consistent contributor? I think he's a pretty consistent contributor. I don't think he's the sort of player that's like... I don't think he's got a lot of X-factor. I just think he's someone that, you know, if he's going to get the ball 20 times, he's going to make use of it 20 times. So he's an outside midfielder. He's not real fast and he doesn't have a lot of (laughs) X-factor. I'm not selling it to you too much here, I I can tell. Uh, I can tell you're not all that keen. But, look, I think... um, I'm just saying what you're saying. Look, I know Mish is keen on him. Uh, we've okay. spoken about him a bit offline. Um, and look, I've, I'm a bit of a fan too. I don't think he's going to go anywhere near early in the draft. I think he's going to be sort of fourth round onwards. And I think, I don't know, if you want just someone that can get the ball. And as I've said all along in these draft shows, I want people who can kick. And Aiden can kick the ball. Yeah. I'm trying to, I know there has been one, but. There's got to have been a poor player that we've had in the past where they were, had a nice kick when they got the ball, but they just didn't get enough of it. I just can't think who it was. Mm. Anyway, if I think of it, I'll, I'll mention it. I don't know. Mm. It's probably Nathan Loney, but he neither had a good kick, nor did he get enough of it, nor was he really a footballer. So, <laughs> don't know why I brought kick. him up, really. He was, he, was a, he was an okay kick. No, he wasn't. When he was no, he had the Jay Nashes. He was a Jay yeah. Nash kick. He had a nice looking kick in that it spun correctly, but it usually yeah. went about fifteen meters over someone's head. <laughs> it was a terrible kick. Yeah, no, fair enough. Shocking. <laughs> no, right. I think. Uh, yeah, look. I'm. Um, yeah, as I said, I want players that can kick the ball. Um, I think uh, that's why I'd be out of this group. I'm most keen on Schumacher and Domich, who are likely to be available at our picks. Okay. Fair enough. Mm. And there we go. Any questions? That's it for me. Okay. Cool. All done. Grouse. Grouse. That's it. Grouse. We'll be back on Thursday, um, where we get to talk about Matthew Ling, one of your favourites, I think. And, oh, uh, Lenny Hayes, you mean. Lenny Hayes. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Luke Davies Uniac will speak about Lockie O'Brien as yeah. well Kane Farrell um, and a couple of others that should be there at our picks too yeah. Um, so yeah we'll uh, continue the Vic Country chat on Thursday I'm really excited for this Thursday because there's some players that I really want to discuss because I, I, I want to know what your thoughts are but we okay. can wait That's we fine. can wait we can wait that's it cool. until next time can the pair can ports one last hurrah. Loads up. They need a mark and then a goal. West off almost. Motlock couldn't quite. Enright. Good tackle. Cassisi to win it. Cassisi does win it. Oh!